Hi, come in and make yourself comfortable. We've caught a case. We got a call from a client I want you to hear. Hi, CX detectives. I wanted to ask for your help. I'm head of a SaaS company and we're having some issues with customer onboarding. Mostly that's been taking too long and there's too much back and forth with the customer support. Let's just say it's been a bumpy ride and we've lost customers because of it. Do you think you can help me? I'd say so. And so would my co-detective. Today, I'm joined by Shri Ganesan. Shri is the co-founder and CEO of Rocket Lane, a high-growth customer onboarding software that lets you collaborate with customers. Shri has over nine years of experience growing and scaling SaaS companies. And today, we're excited to tackle the case of slow customer onboarding because we are CX detectives, real cases solved. I'm Lisa Mishka-Allen, VP and Global Head of Marketing at HGS. Let's get started. Well, thanks for being here with me today, Shri. I'm so excited to have you. Perfect. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I cannot wait to hear more about Rocket Lane. It sounds so cool. I want to hear everything that went into like what made you launch the company. CEO, co-founder, who'd you found it with? Can you give me all the background on you and your company? Yeah, sure. So uh, this is my second SaaS startup with the same co-founding team. Three of us previously built a messaging product from 2012 to 2015. So my co-founders are Vignesh, who you know heads up product for us, and Deepak, who heads up tech. Uh, I take care of the business side of things. And uh, we did the same combination the last time as well. And because we have a good partnership, it just made sense for us to think about doing one more together. We had a good outcome the last time around, got acquired by a company called Freshworks in 2015. Continued to build that business at Freshworks for four and a half years, learned a lot, felt like we've you know, been through some kind of a SaaS school where we really learned how to build great SaaS products and have good momentum and success you know, behind what we were doing. And we decided, having learned all that, we'd be wasting what was given to us if we don't do one more startup. And uh, that's where we, we were looking at what problems we had uh, encountered ourselves as part of that journey. And, you know, that's how Rocket Lane came into being. That's such a great story. I love that you guys, you know, continue to work together and, and took your previous, you know, SaaS bootcamp experience. Was there like an aha moment of like, oh, I had this horrible onboarding experience. We need to solve this problem. Or was it more just kind of like, it's always horrible. It's always bad. <laughs> how do we make it better? Like, Sure. So I think it was... Firstly, a large visibility problem for me as the leader of a business unit where we were onboarding a lot of mid-market and enterprise customers globally. And for me to really understand where things were with some of our largest customers, right? So whether it was, you know, Discover Cards or Sling TV or Klarna, Nokia, we were sort of asking people on our team, hey, how are things going? And we would typically hear the same response. Yeah, we're on track till the customer escalates, right? And if I needed to figure out things for myself, I need to know which spreadsheet to open, which email to read, which Slack shared channel to look at to find the true status of what was happening. And that's what drove us towards saying, hey, if it feels this way for me, what about execs on the customer side who've you know, paid up so much to you know, try and, and find value from our offering? if they also are going to feel lost or anxious about things in a world where we want to make everything more customer centric this is one important part of a customer journey that no one was caring 
enough about to optimize and make it more customer centric, improve the experience and visibility internally and externally. So, you know, talk to a whole bunch of companies, founders, customer success, and, you know, CCO type folks, as well as investors to understand if this was a board level conversation around implementation and onboarding projects going haywire. What is the impact for the company? Is it priority? So that's sort of the research we did to decide, okay, this is worth solving. Yeah. I love that. I love that that customer centric view puts you in their shoes and you're like, oh, who is your like target audience? Has it been easy to find clients? How's it going? Well, it, it so happens that there is some momentum behind this category in itself. So this actually just got established as a new category on places like G2. And we've been lucky that, you know, we started just around the time when this was catching on. And we've quickly, within our first six months, we've become a leader in this category. So there's actually a lot of inbound happening where people are looking for solutions. And we've been playing the role of a catalyst in the space, right? So we sort of started a community around customer onboarding and implementation nine months before we started launched the product, right? So we started the company, started a community, started doing events in the community, invited people to share their stories. We learned a lot. We used some of that learning, productized it. Some of the learning became best practices that we could share with our customers. So it's sort of helped a lot that we had this community. We also ran a uh, the first ever conference around customer onboarding. So a lot of I would say traction based on us propping up the space and then the space itself propping up as well. That's such an interesting approach. How did you find and build the community? How did you identify who would be good members? It sort of started in an organic way. So we had these five companies that we were sort of working closely with initially to I, I wouldn't even call them design partners because it was nothing formalized in that way. But we had these people giving us inputs, telling us how they were doing things, what were the problems that they were facing, and, and that was informing how we were building products. So we sort of put them together in a Slack group and said, we'll ping you all over here. And uh, there was one you know, founder I was speaking to who told me a story of how over a period of a year, they you know moved their six-month-long onboarding and made it like a four-week onboarding. And I asked some other founders, hey, would you be interested in listening to this person's story of how they did this? And they all went, yeah, absolutely. And I need my customer success head to be there. I need my you know, delivery head to be there, right? And so we, we hosted this one event that we called like Implementation Story by Nimesh. And because of the response and engagement we saw there, we said, hey, if you want to continue the conversation, we have this Slack group where there are already a few people. Why don't you join in? And then it sort of snowballed from there. Events, members, more events, more members, and so on. I love that. That's so awesome. And again, it goes back to like such a customer focus. Like you're connecting the customers to help solve each other's problems while you're building your product. So what did you do before starting companies that led you into this sort of customer focus? I've been a product person in the past. So I was a product manager first with Verizon. And I used to pour over customer forums even back then to understand, you know, so I was product manager for a set-up box software, right? Fios TV. And uh, my only window into understanding what problems people had was to actually pour into the forums or listen into calls that were coming into the call center, et cetera. And that sort of 
I think product management is where the customer focus really started. So I was in the B2C world, but when we pivoted, or rather when we started our first company, we somewhere decided we'll do this B2B product, which was also in the customer experience space, right? So this was a messaging SDK, a messaging like an inbox for other people's apps that could be used to push notifications, but also for feedback and support conversations with end customers. And I think we've always, as a team, been excited about how can we elevate customer experience. So initially, it was for end consumers of our B2C customers who were using our SDK and their mobile apps and websites. In the second venture, though, we've you know gone after B2B companies, which need to deliver a better experience in that initial journey, initial partnership that their customers who are also businesses are experiencing with them. All right. We've gotten to know a bit about Shree's credentials, but before we get too far, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by HGS. HGS has renewed its mission as it evolves as a comprehensive digital and CX services partner. HGS is an employer of choice for roles critical to transformation. Digital professionals, data analysts, automation experts, and CX ambassadors. We leverage our experience handling billions of interactions every year to keep pace with rapidly rising expectations in the digital CX economy. Learn more at hgs.cx. We're back. Let's get into the case. Let's go back to our client and hear more about their issues with customer onboarding. Well, so to onboard customers, we need to have an ongoing dialogue between customers and employees, right? And those employees are split into a bunch of different departments. They all need to be communicating in tandem with each other in a timely manner in order to onboard customers as smoothly as possible. But those conversations are happening in so many different disconnected places, so there's not always visibility on what's been done, what hasn't been done. There are frequently delays, and it's slowing down our time to value. It's a mess. There are communication breakdowns happening constantly. Yeah, so think about what happens today in any sort of customer-facing project, right? Whether it's a marketing agency that's working with you or an implementation partner or a consulting company. There's too many silos of communication and work, uh, you know, tracking of work happening in different places. There's, you know, typically your email threads that are ongoing, there are maybe Trello boards or, you know, Jira projects on one hand. There are documents that you're collaborating on. There are also today maybe Teams or Slack channels that are shared between Teams. And we said, hey, if there are these siloed experiences, work is getting split across all of these. So it's hard to track what got done, what did not get done across all of these channels. And also your notifications are coming from all these different systems into email or in each of these products themselves. And both for your team and the customer's team, it's really hard to keep on top of all of it. So what we've done is think of it as like Asana plus Google Docs plus Slack plus Typeform, but built ground up for customer-facing projects, right? So it's like a unification play where we brought together project collaboration, document collaboration, conversations, and more, and said, hey, what if all of this were 
purpose-built for customer-facing projects, which means there's a lot of templating experiences uh, which ensure consistency across different customers. There's a whole angle of internal and external. So you decide which of the tasks, which of the comments, which of the documents or sections of documents are shareable with the customer versus still focused on internal themes. So you don't have to have these copy for the customer and copy for the internal team everywhere, right? So reduce the number of documents and parallel threads that need to happen and have it all in one place. And how do we add elements of uh, feedback, for example, right? So how do we ensure that as you're executing on your project, you also are aware of the customer sentiment around how things are going. So we've really borrowed ideas, I would say, from the customer support world, like internal, external, uh, like CSAT, et cetera, and brought them into the project collaboration world uh, and you know, made it templatized so that everyone can do what your best onboarding person does. So it's not hero-driven, it's more system-driven, right? So that's that's sort of the crux of it. So a lot of the core parts are going to be familiar experiences, but the way it's all tied together as one product, right? It's a tightly knit experience, uh, which also ensures the customer doesn't feel like you're sending them into many tools to stay on top of things. There's one beautiful branded customer portal that they can go to. I have a couple of questions stemming from that. So I did, when you were talking about it, um, wonder like how have you gotten feedback, pushback around competing tools internally? So I see from an, a customer perspective, amazing, beautiful branded portal, love it. Uh, from an internal perspective, when you're in a selling motion or like onboarding your own team to use it, has there been pushback around, oh, it's just another tool and it's like something else to open with more notifications? What have you done to address that? Yeah, I think the the first thing is because this is an all-in-one tool, right? For that particular function, um, you know, whether it's customer success in some cases or like a delivery or professional services team, this is the only product they need to use to do their job, right? Also, the way we went about building product, we use a way of building product called jobs to be done as a framework. So when we use this jobs to be done, we understand what goes into the role of like an onboarding manager or a customer success person who plays this you know, role on a daily basis. And we figured out what are their biggest time sinks, right? So what are things they struggle with and automated some of those um, built beautiful experience that make those people look good in front of the customer. So if they need to present a plan to a customer, we have a presentation mode in our product, which allows them to walk the customer through like an interactive plan. If they need to send out status updates each week or follow up with customers and internal teams a dozen times before doing that status update, we've automated all of that for them. So when they see it, it's like... a you know, aha moment for them to say, hey, wow, this is where I spend a lot of my energy wastefully and the product is doing all this for me. And it's not one more tool. That's the important thing, right? It is the tool that I'm going to use with my customers during this whole engagement. It's actually probably getting rid of multiple tools and making it one singular experience. I love that. That's the whole notion of automation supporting the employee and making their lives so much easier. Let's check in with our client again. From the beginning, how are they communicating with customers when they go to kick off onboarding? So we have been sending a link to customers via email. 
and when they click on the link, it leads them to an orientation video. There's also a chat function for customer support. The idea is that customers can do onboarding in their own time and that the chat box is there in case they need help. Shri, are there any tips you can give our client about getting started on the right foot with their customers? Maybe there are some best practices we identified. For example, we figured that if our customers just like add their customers into a project and it sends out an automated mail saying, hey, you're invited to this project, they're not going to click on it. They need to be introduced to our product in the right moment as part of like maybe a kickoff call, right? So during your kickoff call, ensure that you're keeping the last two minutes, last three minutes to tell the customer, hey, by the way, I've invited you into this onboarding portal of ours. So you should click on the link, see if you're able to access things. And once the exec sponsor on the customer side clicks on that link, they're in, the rest of the team falls in place automatically. So we've discovered some things like that, which, you know, helped us figure out how to ensure adoption on our customer's customer side as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Talk to me about the customer's customer. <laughs> so your customer's customers, how are they using the portal? Yeah, so uh, firstly, they get reminders either on the portal or through email. They can configure their own notifications or they can connect their Slack and receive updates over there as well. So one they're in the know around what's happening with the implementation project or like the the whole adoption on their side, right? So they uh, get all those updates automatically. Uh, If things are assigned to them, they're getting reminders in their email or Slack saying, hey, this is due on you tomorrow or this is now overdue, right? And if you know that your boss is also on the tool, you know your under the spotlight. So I think it just increases the professionalism and the intensity, which uh, is important during this onboarding phase. So people engage, they update the tasks on their own. They don't wait for like your team to update it. So the customers, customer updates things on their own. We've also made emails actionable so they can just reply to emails or click from an email to say, I've done this task, etc. So they're able to engage from there as well. And other than that, you know, document collaboration happens on platform. Conversations happen on platform. So all of it is happening within the experience as well. Is the platform desktop and mobile? No, it's only for desktop right now. The mobile part happens through Slack in a way. So if you've connected your Slack, then you can do things on the go as well. Mark tasks is completed, reassign, change the, you know, status, etc. Is there anything that you learned in terms of getting different departments to work together. So you brought them all into one platform, but still, you know, an IT team works very differently than a marketing team or a customer success team. Do you have any learnings to share about that cross-functional collaboration? Yeah, actually, I would say, you know, when we onboarded our first few mid-market customers, we realized that, you know, it takes the whole team to onboard some of them, right? So we needed help from not just, you know, our product and engineering teams on some of the requests coming in, but we also needed help from like the marketing team, you know, because in some cases, customers wanted collateral that they could use at their end to, you know, educate the larger team about something or present the right story internally to get buy-ins with different folks. So we learned how much of like cross-functional involvement was needed to make things 
work with some of these larger customers. The whole team can say, hey, I played a role in some of those customers who went live. And yeah, I think the learning was really how each of these influence a successful customer go live, how it influences the customer feeling uh, that we are ready for them, right? And likewise for our customers as well, I can imagine how sometimes they need those internal tasks as well, uh, which need to be completed by rest of their org, right? For example, as you said, uh, IT team needs to do something, uh, marketing team may need to do something for their customers as part of a project plan. And, you know, their customer need not know, but they need to collaborate internally to get that work done. And yeah, that's also something we incidentally facilitate, right? Because we have that internal tasks, internal collaboration also happening on platform. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that makes sort of customer onboarding so tough, right? Is that it does kind of often cross over a bunch of different departments. And so then it can get scattershot. I think onboarding is often overlooked, partially because there's so much work to do across different departments. So do you have any data that supports how much more efficient the business is, how much happier a customer is when their onboarding experience is good? See, from an efficiency standpoint, I think that there's a lot of ways in which you can see the benefit of better onboarding. Firstly, I think if you get everyone to execute in a you know coordinated way on time, it gets your customer to value faster, right? And that's super important for SaaS because very often churn happens because you know, it's been six months since you bought a product. You have some sort of an implementation that happened, but then you're not truly live yet. Your team hasn't adopted that software yet. And when it comes up for renewal, you're going to be like, we didn't see value. We're not even, you know, sure of what the value is. So if you have a tight onboarding process that includes checkpoints for like baselining where things are today, getting the customer to value, have a plan around adoption, et cetera, then you're going to be able to showcase that value in a timely manner with each customer. That's going to not just control churn, but it's also going to increase your NRR, net revenue retention. Because if you think about it, if you inspire confidence in the customer that, hey, we are a great partner, we are professional, we are able to get to value on time, then the customer is going to do more business with you. They're going to expand the use cases with you. So that's great ROI for the team. But from an efficiency standpoint, because of the automation that's happening, because of the time reducing to go live, if you think about it, if it was taking you six weeks to go live with each customer and it now takes four weeks, and maybe you can do four projects in parallel, then in a quarter, instead of doing you know, four into two, over 12 weeks, you can do four into three uh, in that same period, right? So it's a 50% increase in num number of projects each person can deliver on. So it's huge from a throughput standpoint. It's huge from an efficiency productivity standpoint, which actually means you're going to save on, you know, uh, FTEs that you need to hire in the future as the business grows. Well, and some of the engagement and retention too of employees, again, going back to like, if you make their experience easier and better, you know, then you're more likely to keep them. So from your customer's customer standpoint, <laughs> have you seen any of the like engagement rates or the retention rates that you're talking about? Um, can you tell me any stories around like a uh, good client customer stories? Yeah. So we definitely have stories of customers 
telling us that their customers are delighted about, you know, going live on time. Their CSAT increased for uh, at least a couple of our customers. We know data on like 10%, 20% increase in CSAT for them from the onboarding journey. The real proof is that we have customers, customers who asked our customers, hey, what do you use for onboarding? We love the experience. And actually then came in and bought Rocket Lane as well, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's proof enough that they like the experience so much that they also invested in the platform. Absolutely. We've been talking about this kind of in a nebulous way. What kind of customers are these? What industries? Um, what products? <laughs> who are we onboarding? I would say it's a pretty horizontal product in terms of uh, the kind of companies we cater to, but basically B2B tech and services companies would be our top customers. If you think about any company, let's say, you know, some dominant fields, I would say fintech, HR tech, chatbots, marketing automation tools. So anything where there is this typical, you know, three week plus journey to set the customer up for success would be a great use case for us because, you know, you you want it to be three weeks, but very often it's running for six weeks, eight weeks. And the more you control that and actually get the customer live in three to four weeks, you're more likely to have that successful partnership with them and build upon where you start. So those kind of companies would be the best fit for us. We also have pure play services teams, which execute on customer facing projects, like say marketing agencies or consulting companies, et cetera, saying, hey, this is not just onboarding, but this is customer project delivery of all kinds, right? So in a way, an onboarding team inside a product company is the services team, which which is actually delivering on a project with the customer. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I wonder if our clients should be extending their customer journey to be really thorough about establishing that relationship. How long is their typical onboarding process? And is it the same for every customer or do they adjust it as needed? We do a two-week onboarding process that's pretty standardized across customers. They can always call a customer support if they need it. Aha. I think they need to play it by ear and offer as much support as each customer needs. What do you think, Shri? Yeah, that's a good question. Good point. So someone doesn't necessarily end using your services. They continue to use them to manage the customer relationship, potentially. Absolutely. Especially if you're selling to mid-market or enterprise, you're never truly done onboarding the customer. You're done with phase one, you're going to start phase two next, right? So there are ongoing initiatives that you want to run collaboratively with the customer, where you want to hold the customer accountable as well and sort of deliver a better experience on both sides. So I think that transparency and accountability that comes with the platform makes people continue running those, you know, initiatives and we allow them to templatize smaller initiatives as Lego blocks of sorts and then keep importing them into the existing project so that they just continue working together on the platform. That's awesome. Is there anything we haven't covered about kind of that customer experience of onboarding that you wanted to talk about? One thing that I learned from some of our customers, which has been insightful, is that, you know, when you talk to CCO, right? So they're also thinking about, is my customer success team playing offense or defense and why, right? And, you know, by playing offense, we mean, are they focused on expansion and focused on sort of, 
going after more use cases, doing more with the customer, setting up more you know integrations, etc. Or are they on defense saying, hey, uh, sorry, but we're not able to deliver on this yet? Are they sort of on the back foot because of like experiences the customer had with them earlier? And what we've come to realize from conversations with you know CCOs, etc., who are our customers, is that if you do a great job during onboarding, then automatically you're more on the offense than on defense with those customers. If you do a sloppy job, you're on the back foot from the get-go. You know, you can't talk renewal. You need to first win back trust from the customer again before you, you know, go that direction. So I think that's one thing which from a value perspective, we've learned what's your team focused on. You can change that if you put in the right efforts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Setting customers up for success with their customers. Right, I mean, it, it seems really obvious, and it, but like, and even the way that you talk about it seems so obvious, but it's a huge gap, I think, in the industry. So I think the way you've approached it and all of the knowledge you've shared with us is really such a cool way to think about onboarding. Wow, there's a ton to take away from my conversation with Shri today. Let's debrief. First, create one comprehensive tool for your customer. Automate the tedious and time-consuming processes so they can focus on looking good for their customers. Second, coordinate a kickoff call that includes your customer's leadership to ensure better adoption. And take the time to get your customer set up for success. Aim for three weeks, but be willing to extend the onboarding process to up to eight weeks. And third, play offense. Engage with your customer more, set up more integrations, go after more use cases, gain trust from the customer from the start so that when it comes time to talk renewal, you'll be on good footing. Amazing. Thank you for all of the advice. Anytime. All this sleuthing has made me thirsty. Let's head to the HGS pub and grab a couple of cold ones to celebrate cracking the case. Okay, we're going over Let's the pub. hit the pub. Um, <laughs> it's pub time for you, I think, in India. It's not pub time for me at 11 in the morning. But uh, <laughs> so let's talk about this rap video. The line in it that I love the most is uh, Asana can go put Asana back in yoga class. <laughs> Cannot get over it. So um, for our listeners, I think we can put a link in the show notes to um, this hilarious rap video that you guys made. Um, what was it? How did it come about? It's so fun. <laughs> yeah, I think making a music video is something on our mind, even in the last venture, but we never got to it. I think a lot of things we wanted to do, but did not get to do. We're doing it all this mm-hmm. time. Building community. <laughs> rap song, all of that. Somehow it's happening this time. And, you know, I think funding announcements, I think in 2022, slightly harder to come by, but in 2021, it was happening all the time. And we wanted to (laughs) break through, right? We were cut through the noise Mm -hmm. that was out there. And we had come across, you know, I, I got the CV of someone who was applying for our content marketing team. And I was like, hey, wait a minute. I've seen this person before in a video, right? And I'd, I'd seen a rap song that he had made in the past. And I was like, let's get him. We're going to have some good talent. In addition to him writing content, he's a stand-up comic and a rapper. So we're like, okay, we need this person. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. 
and you know i ha- had the thought let's do this for our uh, funding let's sort of uh, tell our story so far was the idea and the output that they came up with so him and also our creative lead who actually made the video it's all in house right and and it was just amazing and my contribution mm-hmm. to it was zero and <laughs> i i didn't expect that right so you you would think there are iterations that happen before a video like this comes out but this was not like there were no iterations it was just one video <laughs> that was made and it was so awesome that's incredible and it's so it's so creative and fun and yeah that's amazing <laughs> so it also sounds like you have a big focus on employee engagement and having a good working environment for your team it sounds like they're all really happy there's a rumor you have a cricket team for your company. How are you guys doing? What's your record? Played two matches and lost both, but I think we won in spirit. <laughs> That's great. That's such a it's a, a good bonding thing, especially in a kind of virtual world to be able to go outside. What else do you do in what are other hobbies, other interests? I play badminton. One of the only things I don't miss is my Saturday afternoon badminton with my school friends but other than that it's just i would say catching up with other startup founders on a regular basis my saturday mornings and sunday mornings i keep it for like time to spend with other founders uh, it could be me learning from someone who's ahead in the journey it could be someone else who's just starting up picking my brain on something that they're doing so definitely something i enjoy and uh, yeah i guess that's pretty much it. It's all about the community for you it sounds like. One last question, what is the last book that you read? Obviously Awesome, I think was the name of the book, uh, which was by April Dunford and it's essentially about product marketing positioning. How do you message and position your product well in a competitive landscape? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a good read. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, thanks again for joining me here today and helping me uh, crack this case, being my co-detective. It's been wonderful. And thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge with us. Great. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you for listening to CX Detectives, brought to you by HGS. If you liked what you heard today, tell a friend, a colleague, make a music video about it. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Next time there's a CX case to be solved, we'll be there. This podcast is brought to you by HGS, a global leader in optimizing the customer experience lifecycle, digital transformation, and business process management. HGS is helping its clients become more competitive every day. Learn more at hgs.cx.